Okay, boom, we are back um, for what we hope is an episode of AlphaCast. Our regularly scheduled guest had some technical difficulties and unfortunately can't make it with us today. David Lone Bear Santa Pass was our guest today. And for those who know who he is, he's a renowned Native American healer, elder, scientist, who's been on shows like Leap Project and uh, Leak Project and our friend Matt Belair, who set us up with him, uh, has been doing a lot of great work with him. And it's kind of crazy because in Leak Project, he talks about how many times he's blocked from being able to get his message out about the star people, the Copper Scrolls, uh, ancient technology and such. And here we are. We, we were excited to have him on. I had a lot of amazing questions for him. And unfortunately, we're going to have to reschedule that. We will get him on, though. We will definitely get him on AlphaCast. Um, universe wants it. We want it. The Whatever forces are not going to be able to stop him from joining us. But that being said, we still have a discussion today. I mean, we set aside the time to do this, so we might as well take advantage of it. And basically, you know, I'm thinking this is a great time to get more into recent topics we've been covering from coronavirus to uh, this 90-10 tech, which I'm day three on, and um, it's the real deal. For those who saw my unboxing, um, you know what I'm talking about. For those who have it, you can go to Alpha our Alpha Vedic YouTube channel and go to the DLive transmissions and the DLive live stream section and watch that. And it's me unboxing this technology live for the first time. And um, it's pretty funny, but I'm feeling, I'm like feeling it again right now. I want to get into more of this with you and give you my perspective on what it is. But uh, how are you this morning, Bear? Doing great. Uh, I want you to take your hat off. I want to see if that little gray patch of hair you've got going there is turning dark with this capsule here. Oh, you bastard. Um, yeah, no. Or was uh, that a bald spot? Yeah, I'm, I'm balding. <laughs> no, uh, my hair is flowing and beautiful today, thanks to 90-10. So, uh, no, it's, uh, you know me, I'm me and my hair. Uh, uh, <laughs> we've talked about it in the past, developing technologies. And I've actually, we've actually been contacted by a couple different people about other different things. I should look up this message I got in terms of uh, regenerating hair. Uh, but, um, yeah, 90 is going to give me really thick hair. I'm feeling it. So anyways, um, I'm I have lo to, uh, loving this. I, am I have to admit this. publicly that I, I do regularly go to the hair salon and put a frost in my hair so that I have that nice white distinguished look. Otherwise, my hair is jet black like yours there. I knew it. I knew you were hitting the salon. You sly devil you. Um, I had a roommate in college that actually did that. Went and got his tips frosted. Uh, shout out to uh, DJ John Hogg and your frosting tips. Uh, but yeah, um, man, where to start? Where to start? You can see it on my face still, dude. I'm, you know, and I just got hit up by Philip. So for anyone who's listening, who doesn't know what the heck we're talking about. Um, Ninety ten. Uh, is this new technology we covered in our in our AlphaCast last week? You can go watch that podcast. It is doing very well on our YouTube and on our iTunes. We're getting messages about it a lot. People are very interested, and so I don't want to do a total uh, recap on that. Just go watch it, and you can come back and listen to this after. 
uh, but it's a new quantum energy technology out of Switzerland that our friend Philip is bringing to this, helping bring to the States, and we interviewed him last week, and uh, I ordered one of the products, the Power Capsule, that I received two, three days ago now. It was on Tuesday, and it's changed my life. I mean, it's that simple. That doesn't look very digestible, though, and it looks pretty big. <laughs> so my, uh, my youngest was like, because uh, inside this, there's five titanium quantum-powered spheres, and you can hear it. I'm in there. When you walk around, I sound like I got uh, Tic Tacs in my pocket or something. But, uh, and I, I want to get, it's sad. I don't even have like a good leather strap or a band or something. I'm going to be wearing this, uh, right here moving forward over my heart chakra. But, um, my youngest Teo was like, uh, my, my wife was like, don't give that to him. He loses everything and he'll lose those little balls. And he's like, what do we eat these? I was like, give me, give me those back. No, you don't eat those. I would, it'd be interesting to know if you ingested one of those things, what would happen to you? Um, Knowing Teo, he'll be uh, using those little balls in his slingshot. Um, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, man. Um, so what are you up to uh, these days? And did you order your 9010? I did. I got a water bottle and the capsule. So I'll just see. You know, I've been, um, as I was telling you earlier, um, I, I love the people involved with this. I have a really good feeling about them. Uh, they're doing a lot of other good things. You know, I, I really believe they're genuine and for real. And uh, I understand how the technology works. Uh, I've also been around the block uh, a few dozen times. And um, so I always hold myself in reserve because I've seen so many things come and go in the tech and health field. Yep. And uh, been hopeful for a lot of things in the past that didn't pan out some things do pan out i really believe we're ready for what this purports to do and i think they've got some really good minds uh, on the switzerland um, side of things that uh you know i think they might just make this happen so anyway i've got mine coming i got a water bottle and i got the capsule and and if all feels good i'll get a cube you know when i want to spring for the big dough but I'm not my own experience. The other thing is, uh, I won't get into it all now unless, unless you want, but uh, I have my own ways of testing things uh, as far as their effects on people and, uh, you know, real, real definite ways to see how it changes energy fields. And of course, we're talking about energy fields here and uh, energy fields, uh, not to make it sound woo-woo because um, energy is actually waveforms that, uh, you know, we can talk a lot about and actually measure. Yeah, no, actually, I really do want to talk about that today. And uh, Russ in the chat here was asking if we saw the interview uh, that Philip was in where they talked to the man from Germany that sees frequencies. That's the Sarah Westhall interview, I believe. Uh, I haven't watched the whole thing, to be honest, but um, I do plan on that. We are very familiar with Sarah's show, and uh, that is interesting. We know, of course, there are people that can see frequencies and that are more tuned in. and um, yeah, as, as, you know, Bear was just saying, these are waveforms and some people can interject, interject, uh, inner, wow, it's hitting me again right now. It's, it's weird. It comes in waves. Speaking of waves, um, man, I can't wait for you to get your power capsule, Bear. I'm really interested to see how you interface with it because the one thing that I'll say with this 
is that it's really, you know, we talk about quantum, you know, the quantum that gets so overused and, and, and how it's just thrown around. And the one thing I'll say is this, what we talk about a lot on the show is how um, we've been, you know, waiting for this new eruption of technology where consciousness um, really interacts with an analog technology. And that's the one thing I've noticed is that you, you literally tune into it. So as I become more aware of it again and as I focus on it, and then it, it, it gives me a feedback. And it's a very palpable, for me, feedback um, where it's, I, get, I almost got hit with a wave of energy right now. Um, and so it's, you know, I'm really interested to know more about what you think in terms of how you can measure that and relate that through your own studies and what you do in the lab. Yeah. Um, you know, seeing, yeah, we'll, we'll get to all that. Um, seeing energy shouldn't stretch anybody's imagination either because we relate seeing to using your eyes and your eyes, of course, are part of your, uh, sensory apparatus. And we think of, um, that we have five senses, right? Hearing, taste, all that kind of thing. Uh, if you read Rudolf Steiner, he elaborates the five senses into 12 senses, which makes more sense when you understand what he's talking about. But then you, when you go beyond that, um, this is a big topic, so forgive me, I'm going all over. Um, with what Rudolf elaborates on as far as 12 senses is expanding the five senses beyond their normal um, uh, perceptive bandwidth, we'll say. And in reality, there's only one sense, in which case you should be able to pick up the frequencies, for instance, in your ears, and you should also pick up what all the other five senses are picking up simultaneously just through that one sense. In fact, mm. people that lose faculty of one of their senses, like they're blind or deaf, they do frequently report that they can perceive those nuances within just that one realm, uh, you know, and be able to, for instance, uh, see things through their hearing, taste things through yeah. their hearing. So our problem. That's one of my favorite uh, superher superheroes, by the way. Uh, Daredevil, the Marvel superhero, he loses his sight from an energy blast, and then he can—he's like a superhero um, martial artist because he can actually sense um, things faster through his, through exactly what you're saying. Um, in that terms, almost like a bat, you know, uses radar technology, but even more in tune. Um, and it's almost interesting, you know, not to interrupt. Sorry, but the fact that. Um, our eyes can deceive us in many ways. We get too reliable on eyesight, I would say. Yeah, well, seeing, for instance, as an example, is perception. For instance, um, you're looking at a distance at a train coming, you know, down the track, maybe a mile away. It's just a little speck and it looks very tiny, right? And then it gets uh, up close to you and, you know, the sound and, and the, the size and everything, you know, your perception changes to accommodate that. Now, imagine if you were thrown on this planet with the same sensory apparatus and you had no um, 
programming to decipher what you're actually seeing. Uh, you would explain what you're seeing with your eyes in a completely different way. So our senses are uh, really programmed by our belief system, first of all. And what I was going to continue saying on uh, uh, about was that the nature of our problem here is, 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 you know, the predicaments that humanity finds itself in all the time is because we're really schizophrenic. We have uh, this propensity to divide things up and see parts and to separate things. So going back to the senses, it's actually only one sense. And then we perceive them as five different uh, divisions of sense or 12 divisions. Take your pick. Hmm. Um, when, when you heal that, uh, or let's just say when you annihilate that veil that exists uh, in, in all of us, uh, you know, there's, there's two main uh, brains, we'll say, that we you know, represent in the physical body. But in reality, um, our holograms are representations of other things on larger scales, for instance, the mental plane and the feeling plane. But let's just call it the heart and the mind. Mm -hmm. And we have uh, divided those two. Those two are supposed to operate as one unit as well. And because we've um, created a separation, we have this great schism, this polarity between our two sides and there are methodical ways to chip away at that so that you start using them as one and in other more enlightened realms there's actually a hand signal that uh people use that signifies that you know heart and mind as one and also just a way a, a salutation between uh, people that are within that level of understanding even though they don't have to have a salutation because two parties in that realm of consciousness already know, but that's just what they do. Uh, kind of like the little secret handshake, right? But anyway, um, senses, you have to also understand the way we think of them are also a fabrication. So they are a device, and you know, I use this uh, example all the time, just like if you have a video game, in order to play the video game, you have to have a screen and a joystick or whatever in order to man manipulate, you know, the figures and then also to get feedback on the screen as far as how you're doing in the game. That's all the sensory apparatus is. So um, no more than somebody playing a game, even though people really get real about those things, but no, it, that is no more, uh, our senses are no more real than that. And of course, if you are playing a game, you aren't going to, you know, just really take it uh, serious, uh, you know, when you're finished with the game that, oh, I was really in that screen or that thing is really uh, real. You know, it's just a feedback mechanism. So in the simulation that we talk about all the time, and it is a simulation, this isn't a far-fetched idea or theoretical, uh, when you know the physics behind it, it's much more logical, congruous, and easy to understand than you know what a lot of us learned in school even advanced sciences so within the simulation uh you know and at the soul level of course and the reason why we put ourselves in the simulation what we're doing is having an opportunity 
to have a very rich and um, uh, intense feedback as far as how we're using our consciousness on, on that mental plane. And, uh, and then, of course, when we use it responsibly and in an enlightened way, then we tend to create, you know, which all oh, this is waveforms. It's no different than bits of information that make your computer do what it does so you can see things on the screen. But then uh, w when we're in, uh, you know, balance and, and not uh, operating from toxic emotions or, or superstitions, then our waveforms coming directly from our consciousness will uh, represent or, or mimic those waveforms that we have all around us in nature, which are very symmetrical and things just seem to work out that way. And if we, um, you know, are operating differently, then we create those symmetries that, you know, create all of our problems, disease, war, and so forth. And of course, disease, uh, as an example, you know, good example now because everyone's freaking out. And even if it's a bioweapon, which it is, it's still on another level is a thought form. And that thought form then holographically represents into this uh, little bug because that's the intentions of the um, operators and the innovators of that bioweapon. But still, if we understood that that is happening on the mental plane first, and also for us to succumb to uh, that kind of virus, we have to allow our mental plane to be, uh, we have to um, supplicate our mental plane to their design. And that can only happen is when we think that what we see in front of our eyes is real, going back to the senses. So when you understand what it is, understand how everything gets here in the first place, and then if somebody is trying to do you in, which they're trying to do right now, then you can simply... Um, and I'm not saying I'm there or it's an easy place to get because we're all been programmed like crazy since birth. We bring into this lifetimes of programming and, uh, you know, it's not an easy task, but that's why we play the game and it's not supposed to be easy. You know, you go into a gym because things are, are, are difficult and, and, you know, and you get a kick out of, uh, going there and challenging yourself. So that should be, uh, you know, our, um, kind of demeanor when we're facing all these things we're facing right now. But more than anything, as the old saying uh, goes, get ye knowledge, because the more you entertain the truth, even though uh, those programs might seem to die hard, they will die the more you surround yourself with the truth, seek the truth, uh, aren't afraid of the truth. And then when, you know, those uh, bioweapons are coming at you, they're spraying us, you know, with all the crap in the sky and everything else that they're doing these days, then you understand, well, you know, I am also a holographic, uh, you, you know, representation of my intentions and thoughts and, and uh, you know, past products. And I don't have to, uh, you know, believe that that's who I am. I'm the one that's putting all this into effect. I'm the producer, director, and writer of my own movie. And I sure don't have to be an actor in somebody else's movie if I don't want to. So um, that's a lot of rambling. Uh, I would say that was definitely not, comments? well, yeah. that was definitely not rambling. That was um, right on point. And every time you go into one of your quote unquote rambles, I learn something new or I have a new, eye-opening um kind of a awakening there um and you know really what it becomes obvious is we're living in the greatest analog video game 
And it's exciting once you kind of just come to that realization that um, we've chosen to come in here for this experience. As you say, it gives us this really kind of um, intense feedback for our consciousness because everything is so vibrant and alive here uh, because of the density. Whereas, you know, when we go back to source or however you want to religious, religion wise, heaven or whatever you want to relate, um, when you're back to that pure consciousness, you're kind of more in a, from what I can gather, more of a blissful kind of pure state. And then you go, okay, I'm ready to go back in. You know, I'm ready to jump back in. It's like going to the virtual reality arcades now. It's a great kind of uh, way to look at it where you put the headset in and you go back in. And like you were saying, you know, it seems really real. But also, you know, you can like kind of push the boundaries and do things because, you know, in the end, what's the worst that can happen? You you get kicked out of the game or you you lose the game or you die in the game. And then you come back out and you go live your life, go do your things and go, God, I want to go back and play that game again. It was really challenging and hard and kind of scary, but I'm kind of bored now and I want to go do it. So that's kind of weird how um, on the digital realm, we're getting more and more um, kind of we're seeing us trying to create that simulacrum. Uh, through the digital space of what really is reality. Uh, and it's funny, uh, last Saturday, I just wanted to kind of untap and it was kind of, you know, the kids were asleep, wife passed out. So I, and I hadn't watched this movie in a long time and we talk about it all the time and it just kind of came up in my Amazon feed or whatever. And I watched the matrix and I probably haven't seen that in um, good 12, 13, 15 years. I mean, I remember seeing it in the theater when it came out when I was in college and just, you know, blown away by it. And actually I had been working on a short script in film school about uh, a really interesting guy who's kind of breaking through the code. And in the end he wakes up and he's in this, he's a fat blob in this tube with all these things plugged into him. And he opens up this lid and he looks, and he just sees millions of these tubes with fat blobs in them. And we we're all being farmed. And I was working on this short script. And then when when Neil rips these rips open into the, the real world. And I literally yelled out loud to my friend. I'm like, that was my idea. Um, but you know, it's uh, you watch that and it still holds up. And that's the thing. He sees the code. He breaks through. Like you were saying, he defies the senses. It's all, I mean, that movie is so on point. Everybody should watch that movie again. If you haven't seen it in a while, because it is so on point. And it is weird that the Wyckowski brothers or whatever, or now the sisters, um, what's happened to them. But um, I've heard rumors that they're coming out with another Matrix or something. They're working on something. But um, anyways, you're right on point there with uh, everything you're saying. And uh, it is interesting to see how the digital realm is really trying to co-opt this and kind of force us into bringing it back to Steiner. What's he call it? The 12th sphere or the 8th sphere? Um, eighth sphere. Yeah, the eighth sphere. And that's kind of the, ba the battle right now. And that's why I was really bummed we don't have David on today because he talks about, I think he calls it the conjecture, the conjecture. It's something that the Copper Scrolls, the star people told him about where there's this AI presence built within the digital realm that's trying to literally control us. And whether that's related to things like coronavirus or whatnot, it doesn't really matter. As you said, they're thought forms um, on the mental plane. And that's someone else's story. And in the end, they have no power over us because we're infinite analog beings. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's just so many places we can take this. But um, the one thing I'll say about having this with 
the the senses and stuff is with this 90-10 is it really like slaps you across the face like wake up there's way more to your reality than you know um and uh immediately you know i was going into a lot of coronavirus fear porn stuff at night just because it's just interesting and it's you get kind of funneled into it and a lot of the alternative space is not helping with that and um you know since i've gotten this i'm not attracted to that information much anymore it's like i don't care and people can call that naive or irresponsible but i just don't care i don't know um yeah you know back to the the game boy analogy um this is a very intense game and it's really not a game because there's a lot at stake it's real for what it is but it becomes of course less real in contrast to our our true selves that are projecting all this in the first place we'll just say it that way and um there's an old saying where angels fear to tread and the true meaning of that statement its origins were that there are exalted uh beings hierarchies of intelligence and in, uh, we'll just loosely call it the universe and in this simulation not every level of consciousness or being decides because we're all here of our own free will you know we all made the decision to come here and you know i see a lot of people that are having problems and and they just you know like what's the point of being here and feel kind of victimized by the whole thing well it's like well you know we made the choice uh you know we want to be empathetic to people that are suffering but at the same time we all have to someday say i'm here because i chose to be here and there's no accident as far as you know the entirety of my life circumstances have a point so let's get on with it and figure it out but um there's uh in teachings that are very old that have been around since the beginning of time they talk about how the souls that decide to incarnate into this realm are um you know when they complete the journey which might take hundreds or thousands of go rounds um when they come out the other side they are considered a, a very esteemed we'll say you know i'm just using kind of egoic type words but for lack of a better way to do it um esteemed within uh you know levels of consciousness because of uh the nature of this intensity allows rapid soul expansion that would not be possible in any other way and of course our soul is nothing more than the individualized akashic record of our journey and you know we talk about when you get into the physics of things there are little portals that when you get clever and understand what they are that are represented in the elemental world with inert gases um you know those represent the akashic records of uh you know the modeling clay uh and the collective uh creativity of everybody who's creating on this realm and so but the soul is our individualized record and every go around we have of course has that memory you know a lot of uh in the past i worked with some people and we actually developed very real ways to um help people recall from past experiences it's all there 
And I did that for a while and it became uh, very accurate and something that we could, you know, facilitate readily with anybody that would, you know, uh, desired to go there. And after a while, I realized that there's no need to go there. Mm -hmm. And in fact, there's dangers, you know, just like if you overstay, you're welcome with the therapist. It might have been great to go talk about your problems, you know, initially. But if you uh, stay there too long and you're talking about the same problems with your therapist, you know, years down the road, well, you're just keeping yourself in the story. So past lives, uh, you know, and that became in vogue. Um, and by the way, the, the first time I ever had a recall myself was somebody from a different culture that I did an apprenticeship with who uh, regressed me through some things. And in that culture, uh, and because there was a point to having me remember something, and in that culture, it was never done frivolously and only if the person facilitating it understood that there was a point and this isn't something you do frivolously. So with the um, uh, past life regression that a lot of therapists and people are doing these days and kind of new age healers, all that kind of stuff, again, it has, uh, well, well, it has a couple dangers. Um, a lot of times it's just bullshit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard so many stories as a practitioner, people coming in, oh, yeah, I found out my heart condition is because I got stabbed when I was a Roman centurion. And I mean, I've heard the same things, you know, and then, of course, everybody's always somebody famous. But, but you know, real past <laughs> life regression, uh, you know, really isn't necessary because everything we are is a conglomeration of everything we everything we are right now in present time is a conglomerate of everything we ever have been. So if anybody is curious about, you know, all those uh, things that, you know, create this embodiment or, or maybe things that have contributed from past times, just like different times in, in this embodiment, you know, just forget about the past, live in the moment. And um, how the hell did we get on uh, past lives and everything? We're talking about people that could see energy. Now, those are, you know, just like when you um, are... Um, using a technology, you know, computer technologies or, or cameras or whatever, you're just picking up vibrations like our senses do, then there's ways of recording that. What those technologies really should be telling us is how life really works and that everything we're experiencing in this physical, uh, physical world, world is nothing more than, you know, or no different than a computer program, only on a more elaborate, uh, you know, unlimited way. And, um, so what we need to understand is, is that we are the original technology and uh, we can create anything we want, including the ability to be impervious to all these things that are going on these days. And people that can see energy have done nothing more than to deprogram themselves, just like the Shaolin monks and many traditions in the past where they go through severe disciplines in order to suspend all prior programmings, beliefs, and uh, emotional reactions. That doesn't mean you become zombie-like, but then you tap in to that place where your heart and mind are no longer divided, and now you can perceive beyond the veils, including just like Neo in the Matrix, you can see um, you know, the code instead of the outpicturing of the code. And you know, Mike, you're a computer guy, you're, you're a tech whiz, 
And you know darn well that all the stuff, you know, that you create for our website and all your other projects, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at the coding all the time. You're yeah. not so much fixated on the end product. That's, that's exactly what we're doing with our sensory apparatus. And the last thing I'll say, and I'll, I'll be quiet here, uh, the Matrix, there's another guy out. Have you seen him where he's claiming that he was the originator of it? And he goes into how the, you know, the brothers. Uh, uh, now, there's another woman that also no, made that claim. I was going to say that the woman. It, yeah, yeah, but it didn't uh, pan out. And I guess it wasn't true. But now this oh. guy seems to really have even court documents and everything and where the, the brothers have had to admit in, in certain uh, proceedings and so forth. And so it looks like those guys did hijack his work. And then he goes into the true meaning of a lot of um, – uh, of what his uh, original story was about. And uh, I haven't delved totally into it, but heard a little bit. He's making the podcast scene these days. And it seems like it would actually be cooler than, especially, you know, Matrix 2 and 3, which I, I think they, you know, lost the thread and just went Hollywood. Oh, but totally. uh, one, you know, kept a lot of the authenticity, I think. So back to you, Mike. Yeah, no, um, definitely 2 and 3 just got, straight up hijacked and interesting. I don't know. I wasn't aware of that. I think I, we've actually talked a little bit about that. And the gal before she said that she had actually did the Terminator and the matrix were supposed to be together or something like that. Um, but Which is uh, a cool idea. Very cool idea. So uh, Neo was the kid in the Terminator. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, that would be, that would be amazing. <laughs> and it makes, you know, it all makes a lot of sense. Who, whoever developed it. Um, it's a, that's why I love sci-fi is because it gives us that representation, uh, that analogies that we need to kind of recognize what really is the reality around us. And, um, it's one of my favorite genres, uh, or the sci-fi slash fantasy conjunction too, because fantasy plays a lot into this realm as well. What you know when we're talking about things like ETs versus things like fairies or jinn, it all is kind of the same. Once you realize how the simulation works and how these varied levels of intelligence can exist here, one thing that I always struggle with in terms of <clears throat> the reincarnation or us, when we say us, seeing us as a species and how that relates to human consciousness and us as humans versus these other entities or whatnot, how is it? we as a species are in are evolved are we all i mean i know there's we talk about this we're all just really one consciousness but then we have our individual sovereignty our understanding of individualism i always have an issue reconciling that notion with the collective consciousness and then us as like a species they talk about and this is kind of more on the new agey side but also on other different levels where we as a species are evolving together um I always just find, I don't know, relating that, why is it, why, for instance, why can't I reincarnate as a fairy or reincarnate as a, I don't know, as a plebeian or, or as a, uh, from the Pleiades, or maybe we are from the Pleiades, but I, I find issues with that, how there's different, for instance, when you get in the more alien stuff, the different races of aliens, right, the Anunnaki and the Greys, etc., um, why is it that we reincarnate as humans? What makes us associated our consciousness as quote unquote human? Well, the thing that differentiates us is uh, conscious intention and free will and the ability to uh, self-realize. You know, uh, Rudolf Steiner had a way of explaining it 
the difference between human and other species. And by the way, you can't reincarnate as your dog and that kind of thing. And I hear that all the time. And no, that, that doesn't happen. It's a different level of consciousness. And to really understand that, you'd have to get into another story is how animal life actually got on this planet in the first place, which was not the original design in the planet. That was an after effect that came about through certain events and um, what you would uh, think of as kind of a fall of uh, consciousness that you know leads to our present state. And then with it created a lot of the animal forms, which you're literally... Uh, you know, as much as I love animals, my dog and, you know, and everything else, and I don't like seeing everything go, go extinct, but they are uh, certain levels of human emotion trapped in, a, uh, in an embodied form. And for instance, you can look at a dog and a cat, well, two different polarities, right? And, and when you see, and that's why, um, you know, animal totems and and uh, understanding animals as spirit guides, uh, you know, there's really a lot to that because, uh, you know, like uh, native cultures understood that when a certain animal, you know, came across your path that, you know, it was telling you something and, you know, there's nothing random in this universe and they were exactly right on. That's a, another great whole podcast just talking about that kind of thing. But each animal also embodies a certain um, essence and uh, you know an essence that's not negative uh, but in essence it is kind of a more of a we'll say a lower emotional form and the reason why dogs cats and certain animals are being domesticated now and why we have such great uh, love for them uh, certain sources say is that uh, we are helping free those animals from that entrapment so that they can just be returned to universal. Of course, they don't have the ego that um, fears ego annihilation and, and the, you know, the things that we surround the concept of death with. But um, uh, when we intensely love them and care for them, then that raises that frequency of that energy field and releases them back to universal which is part of the natural design to return this planet to the way it was originally intended without any kind of what we would think of as lower chakra stuff and animals, you know, uh, face it, they are kind of lower chakra beings. So there was somewhere else where we're going with that. Uh, but the, the, lack, get to the, the lack of ego is a oh, great, yeah, yeah, yeah. great point yeah. though, and how they kind of just exist in this pure, you know, this wonderful form of just, um, accepting their reality and 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 whereas us as this higher consciousness we actually create these these like uh, like you were saying earlier it's almost like a schizophrenic view of reality and that's why going to nature is so powerful because we can see them just interacting with the the informational fields in a very just kind of natural way whereas we as the controllers of the informational fields but have lost that uh knowledge we're like these schizophrenic um you know beings here that often cause a lot more problems and we could actually <laughs> learn a little bit from our dog or our cat but um yeah you're you're right on there and so uh interesting yeah i'd, I'd love to explore more about the spirit animal and how we each kind of connect with a type of animal paradigm if you will um, you know, on a podcast, but um, kind of taking it back full circle here, 
um, to things like Corona. Rudolf Steiner. Well, to Rudolf Steiner, yeah. Um, um, go ahead. I'll, let me just finish that thought real quick because I rambled way off into the animal world there. Um, Rudolf Steiner explained it as at one point, um, you know, when you're about three or four, you stop saying, Johnny wants this, Johnny wants that. And you say, I want this, I want that. And that is a, a, a very specific line of demarcation where now you are self-realized. Animals don't do that. Um, you know, you are now, when, as soon as you say, I am, that, uh, that designates you as a creative, individualized force within a coordinate of consciousness mm -hmm. and of course you know you're sitting over there in your house and i'm over here and we aren't really in different places you know we've created different simulations what we are on on the different levels we're different coordinates in consciousness and i can't interfere with that level of consciousness in your world only you can I can't change anything. I can manipulate the hell of you out of the ground on the ground if you go for it and if you take it. And that's what's happening on, on this level. And that's why uh, people that reach that more, you know, we'll say more enlightened state. And there's, you know, many stories of people that have gotten there and, 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 and even tens of thousands more people have gotten there that you never hear stories about. Uh, you know, that you can't pull their chain anymore because, uh, you know, they see through it and yeah. there's really no way you can touch them. And then if somebody, it, it would be like going back to the, the playground when you're in third grade and uh, somebody calls you a name or pushes you, you know, I mean, if that, you know, might have got you back then. But, you know, if that same third grader came up and said or did the same thing now, you just kind of laugh and say, <laughs> little kid, you know. Um, so, you know, that's, you can't go back once you've reached a certain level of realization. You can't start to unknow things once you know them. That's the danger of being a seeker because once you've had your eyes open on a certain level, even though you realize you're still, you know, deaf, dumb, and blind in a lot of other ways, you know, you're starting to get little glimpses. And, you, and everyone says the same thing. They say, I can't go back. Exactly. I'd like to. It would be easier. I'd like to take the blue pill. <laughs> and, you know, just forget about everything because there's less responsibility. But, um, you know, that's uh, some people want to go there. And that's why a lot of the, the folks out there, and this is a great polarization that's happening on the planet right now. Other people are scared to death to go there. So when you try to open their eyes to certain things or, or even try to, you know, um, engage them in, in a civil conversation, they get pissed off at you and uh, just start reciting ideologies or what they heard on the news or something or, or casting pejoratives or, you know, ad hominems at your right and left. And uh, that's, that's the great division we have going now. Yes, very true. And those that choose to uh, take the blue pill or go back to the blue pill in denial of this knowledge tend to um, then unfortunately, you know, in that paradigm are the ones chatting and freaking out about coronavirus um and are stuck within those frequencies and i'll never go that, that's what's crazy about doing it back to 9010. it's like 
it's weird. It like opened up this new realization about these energy patterns for me. And it's like, I'm interfacing with it. And I'm one thing I'm noticing about the 90, 10 is that I'm not, I've lost that short fuse. I was talking to my wife last night about this and it's like, I, you know, we all have our, our tendencies are, are things that we need to work on. And, um, one of them for me is I have tend to have a short fuse sometimes cause I have high expectations for other people around me and I'm, I, I want, <clears throat> I'm trying to get stuff done. I'm very busy and if somebody gets in my way. Sometimes I'll snap. And I mean, you know, this is true with our business and stuff and it's something I'm very aware of. I'm hyper aware of, and I'm work on, but it's tough sometimes. We know we all have our, our little quirks and stuff. That's, gone almost i mean like i'm so much more chill and like it just doesn't it's not in my resonant fields anymore or something it's so weird man like i'm better in the morning with my kids i like it's it's not just like having more energy that's the thing i was trying to explain to some friends yesterday it's not like you just have more energy like you smoked a bowl or drinking coffee or something it's a different frequency of being we're talking about hijacking your system in a way that probably would take years and years and years of meditation, yoga, et cetera, to get there. It's like a hyperbolic extension of that immediately. And I, and I think it has to rely, of course, on you consciously being there ready for it. It's like, if you just give this to somebody who's just watching CNN all day and, um, you know, worrying about the Bernie, winning the election and like, which is fine. That's cool. That that's your deal, whatever, no judging there. But if you're like really in tune with that and not spiritual at all, you know, um, maybe this won't have that same effect with you or whatever. But, um, on a side note, and I'm not trying to turn this into a 90, 10 commercial, by the way, and we have no affiliation with them. Um, we are not representing them, etc. but I gave this to my wife last night. Well, no, the first time I gave it to her, and I, I relayed that on the last video I did, but Last night, she kind of was, you know, she works long days. She's a nurse at a crazy hospital with lots going on. She's a charge nurse there. So she's got a lot of responsibility and she's a great nurse. She puts all of her effort and energy into that. And I know it wipes her out. And so she comes home and I was charging her bottle of wine yesterday. And I was like, I charged her wine. So let me know how it is. Cause she had a bottle that she wasn't crazy about. And so she's sipping on it, whatever, not really noticing it. And so she kind of, I just take it and put it in her, put this in her pocket in her sweater pocket. And lo and behold, I can't get it back from her. She's kind of walking around, like disappears with it. She's, um, she was feeling it. I know she was, and she was enjoying it. And she had it for a couple hours and I'm glad she did. I think she got a great benefit from it. I finally took it back from her. It's like, we got to order more of these things. Um, so anyways, um, even for her who, and she's like this angelic being a beautiful soul, and is kind of really already way evolved and doesn't, it's funny, she's never been into politics, never been into any of that stuff. She's just in the present and just vibrating on a higher range. But she, um, without, she doesn't vocalize it, but I know she was enjoying it. So anyways, that's my two cents on that. Um, I'm having some digital um, artifacts in my voice. I'm noticing my mic, so I apologize for that. I don't know what's going on there. But anyways, back to you, Bear. Um, Really quick on the coronavirus stuff, for those who are still really concerned and kind of on a brief topic here, taking a little more um, pragmatic here, um, you know, it's empowering to know that there are frequencies out there and there are things that can be done that can counteract any kind of these quote unquote viruses or et cetera. And 
the quantum stuff, the stuff that you are involved with and taking it back to what you said in the beginning, how you have actual modalities or techniques where you can kind of visualize and measure this stuff. As you get hold of the 9010 tech yourself, could you walk us through kind of how some of that works and how we can relate that to those who are fearful right now of something like a coronavirus and how there's much more to medical science than than we're often told and how you've been using this in your practice for decades um, and how we can kind of relate that to 9010 and coronavirus? Yeah, I'll try. That's a big um, question. I, I know. use a lot of things. Yeah, I'll use, uh, I use a lot of things, uh, everything from labs to microscope and, uh, you know, more the, the last couple of decades, um, antennas that we call dual impedance antennas. And they're like a DNA strand. And I've talked about this before, but here we go. Um, your DNA is calibrated. You know, it's two strands side by side like this. And then you have cross bridges, you know, that uh, make each DNA uh, strand unique and also receptive to different frequencies or waveforms is what they actually are. And the dual impedance antenna that we use, it was created uh, by an Austrian physicist, uh, originally used for engineering, still used in engineering circles today, uh, allows you to uh, calibrate the instrument, which is also like your DNA to parallel antennas, and, but with a calibration unit that can go in different um, uh, numerical ranges that we know have to do with different dimensions of waveform mechanics. And it can be adapted to engineering or to uh, medicine, which there are, you know, not a few, a fair amount of uh, medical doctors throughout the world and throughout Europe, few in North America are starting to catch on. Uh, 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 India, you know, has kind of caught on. But um, what we can do, for instance, Michael, if, uh, if you were here, or if I had a drop of your blood here and you were still over there, then I could use this instrument. And by knowing the calibrations and the settings, I would go well, through a pretty lengthy process where I would look at many different uh, levels which have to do with dimensions that we understand uh, for the human body have to do with everything from endocrine, emotional, um, you know, biochemical, uh, anything you could possibly think of. And if we get a positive reading, uh, then that means that particular dimension has uh, asymmetries. And, you know, if anybody has a hard time believing that something like 90-10, and again, I haven't had my own experience yet, but let's just give it the benefit of the doubt because I know of other things out there that do it, and I'm hoping this is the next level. But if you don't think that people can be affected by frequencies, well, anybody who just uh, gets out of their normal environment, goes for a walk in nature, goes camping for a while, gets away from it all, as soon as you're out in that setting, you're bombarded with a very high magnitude of the natural <clears throat> patterns, which are nothing but waveforms emanating from nature. Now, you can't destroy those uh, um, or, you know, original patterns. We can put overlays on them, but then those overlays are very weak 
And just like a homeopathic uh, medication that's lost its potency because it was made a long time ago, our overlays are kind of like that. But the natural um, substances that those homeopathics uh, come from, those, uh, you know, again, are in Akashic records of um, nature. And then they will always overcome anything we can throw at them. So that's why when you go out to nature, you, you just feel good. All of a sudden you calm down, you, you know, everything, you forget your troubles. And, and, and uh, now the technology is like the 9010, as it's purported, is doing nothing but having the ability to uh, project uh, uh, a magnified pattern that more mimics something in the natural order which can overcome your overlays, you know, that create all the, the problems in our world, the toxic emotions, the superstitions, and also even, uh, you know, um, cleanse things like foods and supplements of any things that they picked up on and make them work better, make them taste better. So it's, it's not that big of a stretch for anybody, but it's, it, isn't it curious that people can just have their own experience of the things I'm talking about, but then not be able to extrapolate that to technology that it would be possible to create things that could project similar uh, things to make us, you know, heal and to make us feel better. When in fact, we carry around all these other technologies all day long that we take for granted and just say, oh, yeah, they work. Yeah, computers work. You know, I mean, it's like somebody denying that a computer, their iPhone works. No, it works for what it is, uh, even though you don't know how it works. But in fact, they're just creating, uh, you know, everything we're talking about in order for you to have a technological version of the same experience. So back to the dual impedance antenna. Uh, once uh, I do a reading on you in person or do it with a drop of blood, uh, then I, you know, I take a lot of notes along the way and I, you know, chronicle all those areas, uh, you know, where you've got issues as far as those asymmetries. And then I could take this 9010 capsule, for instance, I could uh, put it on your body and do another reading and to see, and, and, and that's just one way where I could see uh, or put it in the vicinity of your, uh, your blood slide, you know, if that's what I'm measuring as a representative of your DNA, which is no different than having you standing in front of me, um, then I can see what it does or does not correct. And again, that's uh, a technology created by engineers, used by engineers and medical doctors worldwide, gets results. People that have taken it uh, and applied it to medicine and figured out how to do that were given the highest awards in France for scientific achievement. So there's a lot of things that you don't hear on legacy media. And if uh, some of these technologies were known, we'd be having completely different discussions out there. Uh, we wouldn't be entertaining the same fears and we definitely wouldn't be at each other's throats um, or arguing ideologies. So um, another way that you can um, use this antenna is directly on the capsule itself and test it directly as far as its inherent, um, the, the, the waves that it's inherently projecting in the first place and see what kind of readings you get on that. Yeah, very interesting. Um, 
and empowering. It's it's so great to hear you talk like that. And so people can realize there's a lot more than the allopathic model that is the mainstream where, you know, we, we belabor this point and the point of our entire podcast is getting this information out. It's guys, it's just so much broader spectrum in terms of healing and, and really we're all empowered to heal ourselves once we, you know, can actually understand how this all works through our own consciousness. And you're a great example of that when with the podcast we did about limes and how you went in going internal and figuring out yourself. And in the end, that's what it all comes down to is uh, dispelling the fear and um, diving into the knowledge so that we understand that really this, uh, this matrix of simulation is all controlled by us. Consciousness really, you know, it's the, it's the driving force of all reality in the universe and something that would like 90 10 what i believe you know with this what they call those toroidal field or whatever all that is is that's a representation of a of of a pulsating consciousness which is the energy we are the energy that powers the universe and it's super empowering walter russell is a great one to read that really you know puts this into a very clear picture scientifically um but uh it's it's so empowering because it really, we are the drivers of our own reality. And we, you know, there's so many gurus and stuff and people out there that talk about this all the time, but you don't need the gurus. You don't need us. Um, all you need is this awareness in yourself and you can go out and explore and tinker yourself with these ideas. And so, yeah, going to nature is a great way to do that because it just allows these fields to open up and be very obvious. So, you know, getting out and going camping or going mountain you know, trail hiking or um, doing a backpacking trip and all that is so empowering and awesome because it just slams it in front of your face, you know, that this is the way reality is. So um, very cool, man. I'm just uh, super pumped on everything right now. I just, it's so wild how this technology has just allowed me to get out of the fear matrix a bit because I get sucked in and the alternative media, you know, these, a lot of people I really respect, um, are, are victims in the same way. There's a great channel that I shared on telegram quantum of consciousness. And while I don't agree with everything he says, he does make a great point about that. How almost a lot of these alternative influencers that are really like the, more on the conspiracy side or on the whatever, they're almost worse in some ways than your average Joe guzzling beer and watching football, because at least that person guzzling beer and watching football isn't living in so much fear. They might be more entrapped in the ignorance, but they're also kind of more Zen in that way in that they're just kind of living their life and having fun at least like there's such a varied spectrum. So having awareness and knowledge is important, but also letting go of living in the present, living in love and light and just enjoying your life is probably the most important aspect of this because that's what's going to allow you to really wake up and and really see these um uh these patterns everywhere and enjoy them otherwise why are we in this simulation to begin with obviously we're here for growth spiritual enlightenment and all that but and what comes with that and what i'm realizing with this is that you know and one one other thing that i always kind of struggled with with the spiritual awakening and we see this issue a lot in those circles is that the, those a lot of those spiritually awake folks are miserable. They're miserable because they're so focused on being spiritually enlightened that they trap themselves 
from going out and having a pizza or going and watching a game or, um, you know, enjoying certain things. And so I was always thinking when I reading the ascended masters teachings and stuff and they, you know, basically not drinking alcohol, which I don't do anymore, but a lot of this fun stuff, I'm like, what are you just like vibrating in this like blissful state? But would you do you enjoy art? Do you go watch a movie? I mean, those are all stuff I really like. And really, as you read it more, you realize, no, you enjoy all that. Like one of the things, it's a concurrent theme with the, with like uh, St. Germain's books is they love music. And St. Germain always has them playing music and they do concerts and stuff. And they, and obviously music and audio frequencies and stuff play a major point in, into a lot of this. And that could, we could actually kind of relate that into Rife if we wanted to right now. But um, it's important to enjoy your life. Don't let the fear take it over. And, and everything will be okay. Everything's going to be okay. So um, that's my rant on that. Um, but it will be interesting so, tying in Royal Rife to 9010. I know there's people in the Telegram chat that are talking about that all the time. So anyways, uh, what were you going to say? Well, no, it's just, again, it all comes down to frequencies and it all emanates from the same place. And if you look at 9010, I mean, this stuff is so logical and, and that's why I think it escapes us sometimes. 9010, how did that technology get there? Well, somebody kind of tapped in, understood some certain principles and made a technological version that works. You know, an iPhone works. Why can't you make something that works that will override uh, you know, uh, overlays that are going to, you know, just help you have a happier day or help you heal your body. Um, and you're absolutely right on, you know, some of the hardest people I ever, uh, had to treat in my old clinical days was, uh, you know, these people that had very rigid ideas and, and, uh, they're, you know, purist, you know, with everything. And they'd come in and they'd have dark circles under their eyes and have body odor and just obviously not healthy and had a hell of a time healing themselves. Whereas, uh, and, and then of course the thing you hear most is, oh, I know so-and-so and they're out doing this and that and you know, they never get sick. It's like, well, yeah, they're having a good time. That doesn't mean that you, you know, just go out and abuse your body, but there's a happy medium uh, there. That's why, Studies have shown, uh, you know, people curing themselves of cancer uh, just by sitting around and watching Abbott and Costello movies and laughing their ass off. Uh, you know, so <clears throat> when you get to a point where you just eat certain foods, um, you know, that happen to be maybe organic or unadulterated and, and maybe your, uh, your inclination towards uh, certain types of entertainment are a little bit more refined. You know, you don't do those things because they're good for you. You do those things because they taste good, because they sound good, because they feel good. And so, you know, sometimes you kind of dip your toes in the water with new lifestyle habits. And, uh, <clears throat> but then after a while you're doing it just out of the sheer joy of doing it. You know, I have people all the time saying, you know, how the hell do you go out and, you know, run 440 repeats on the track? I mean, those are brutal. It's like, <laughs> well, yeah, it used to seem brutal. And, uh, you know, but then it got to a point where it is actually fun, you know, just kind of pushing the limits and, you know, taking a sports car out and, and you know, uh, you know, just seeing what it's made out of and how fast it can go. And there's something very primal about, you know, just using your body in certain ways. But if you haven't 
trained yourself or adapted your mindset to certain things, then it seems like work, you know, no, I've got to exercise because it's good for me. No, those are, those are the wrong reasons. Yeah. So 9010 is here because somebody had an idea. The computers that we're all on at this very moment are here because somebody had an idea. The roof over our head is uh, there because somebody had an idea. Now that idea on the, on the level of the simulation required a little elbow grease and you know people coming in with certain tools that knew how to use it to implement the idea, but it all started with an idea. And isn't it interesting uh, that all ideas have to have a picture. If you're an architect or a musician or anything, you have to have a picture on some kind of level in your imagination in order to bring that into manifestation. And I think it's real curious and not coincidental or accidental at all that now we have a scientific community that says, oh, imagination is not real. When in fact, everything they're doing, everything they're learning, everything they're using, uh, you know, their entire experience is a product of their imagination or somebody else's imagination, but that's not real. We have to have double blind studies and that sort of thing in order to prove that something's real. And then, of course, in order to conduct that kind of experimentation, you have to use your imagination and make believe like you're not there participating in it and influencing it in the first place. <laughs> so, I mean, wow. <laughs> um, you know, all that we do is so. Um, I mean, it would be laugh out loud funny if it wasn't creating such tragedy on the planet, but it's time that we really see things for the way they are. Yeah, and speaking of science and innovations, I can't wait till, I mean, we, I know we probably already have the ability to do this, but where we can actually prove to people these concepts by, and not that I really care about proving to anybody, I really don't anymore. I'm beyond trying to prove to anybody anything, but with the notion that thoughts have weight, thoughts are, are real energy. Just the idea of thinking has a weight. And when you and I put our thoughts together, that has more weight and more weight and more weight and more weight. And as a community, when we all put our thoughts together, it has more weight. And so the manifestation is more immediate, at least from what I'm gathering. And so to have the actual hard science to show this, I don't know how this can be done, but literally having people in a way where we're thinking, and we're seeing this in like parapsychology and things with like mentioned like Dean Radin, the Institute of Noetics, where they're doing things with the quantum realm, where they're showing how thought is um, actually affecting random number generators and things like that. And they're showing it with statistics. That's a great start. Um, and in the end, I don't really need, care about proving that everyone's on their own journey and it should be your own self-exploration. But I think also it's important because the more that we can get more of humanity, more of these con of us, of our conscious friends to understand these concepts, the faster the overall matrix will convert to a more holistic, friendly environment for everyone. And things like the negative spaces from quote unquote governments, the corporate entities and everything that are creating this darker realm um, will go bye-bye because it's, we just will manifest that. So yeah. It's kind of like we, we're, that's why we're all about science. We need science. Science is super important, but we also have to understand that science in the main, as it's defined in terms of its own, many of the scientists, as you say all the time, is only half the equation. So we need the full, real broad spectrum science, which we know is coming. And 9010 is a great example of that, um, where we understand that as an observer, we 
must step back and must have a grander view in terms of how we take this data in and um, apply it uh, versus just the traditional scientific process of viewing it, viewing the data from a singular sensory perspective. Um, and we're getting there. We're getting there. And science is a two-way affair. Uh, you know, we try to take ourselves out of the equation to prove our own reality. And um, one half of the equation, which uh, people like myself had to learn in school, uh, is, should be called scientism. It's a belief system with no way of self-verifying, no matter how much they, they try to pretend they do verify things, which is the reason why everything uh, you know, science is based on these days are theories. And these theories are never proven because they fail to understand that the only way you can prove things is inside of yourself. And then, of course, you have the skeptics you know, from the show me state that say, Oh, well, you know, you show me. Well, no, nobody can show you the truth of anything. You have to experience the truth yourself. And, um, you Bravo. know, what you were explaining earlier was the hundredth monkey theory. And you're saying, well, when a couple people have the same idea, you get together, it gathers steam. Well, actually, it's exponential. And Walter Russell explains that uh, exactly how that works, where when you uh, jump from, um, realm to realm you know he does it he's talking about elements on a periodic table but when thought manifests all you're doing is creating pressure that then creates the vibratory action that then will uh you know our senses can be aware of within the simulation but it, it's a pressurized a stratification of pressure zones that finally pops it into our simulation and you know then we get to experience it and uh when you look at those pressure zones that which would explain gravity and all these things that science still can't wrap their mind around but these pressure zones are like a pipe organ and as you build up the pressure within the pipes then you reach different octaves and different tonal fields in every octave and in our reality with our thoughts we're doing the same exact thing and then that's what uh, not only allows things to materialize, but materialize in a very nuanced way with all the intricacies that we, you know, experience with life. And when certain people are projecting ideas that are more authentically aligned with nature and with the truth, again, those just inherently carry a larger energy field. And when people start sharing those things, then just like uh, an individual creating, then that collective experience becomes even more exponential to hit those pressure zones where you hit a reality. So now all of a sudden, even though you have 3% of the population that's entertaining a different concept, all of a sudden one day you wake up and all the rest of the herds are acting like they've always known it and doing the same thing. And that's, you know, what we're, embarking on right now is the hundredth monkey way back in the uh, 70s you know when i started becoming aware that uh the whole thing's basically a lie and when i say the whole thing i'm not just um being flippant saying that the whole thing everything we think is true is not and even william casey back in the days of the early fbi uh, cia 
you know, just, and they publicly tell us these things. They, he said, when everything people believe to be true is not, then we know the CIA will have accomplished its mission. And um, that's in fact what we're facing right now. All of our institutions from medical to, um, you know, educational, political, they're all upside down and inverted and backwards. So um, back in the 70s, when I started looking at some of these institutions and finding out firsthand that they weren't what they appear to be, we started getting involved in groups in education, just like we're doing now, only we started filling up some uh, big rooms and it turned into auditoriums. And um, back then it was a big thing just for people to really comprehend it wow, the Federal Reserve is actually private and it's the most pernicious, pervasive, sinister system of slavery that's ever been instituted on this planet, bar none. And this is what their true agenda is and where it's leading us to, which by the way is happening. It's culminating right now, folks. So don't keep too much money in the bank. But back then it was, uh, you know, it was like uh, really pushing the envelope idea. We knew we were really on track because we had uh, ways of uh, working with people on the inside and validating things firsthand and actually working within institutions and testing out what we thought was, uh, um, you know, true and, and having that experience. But then we knew we were really on mark when we started getting raided by the FBI, getting thrown in jail just for sharing information. And, uh, you know, then had to move our, uh, our venue offshore so that we could meet in foreign jurisdictions. Uh, but they ended up finding us there too, eventually. Long story. But when people can't, and, you know, people say, well, okay, you know, everything's kind of crooked and fixed and everything, but what can I do about it? You can't fight City Hall. And what good is it to know this stuff anyway? Well, here's the deal. If you can't, even see that everything that you're experiencing in your life within the simulation is contrived and um, you know manipulated by people that are farming you literally for your energy just like in the matrix uh, if you don't know what those institutions are really doing then how are you going to move on to the next level of understanding of some of the things that we're talking about so a lot of us uh, you know just in, uh, you know, like on YouTube and, and on the internet, now you can hear about all these things that I'm alluding to. Um, but, you know, we've always stayed a half a step ahead. It's like, okay, we've got information. What do we do about it? All right, let's practice real medicine. Let's learn real science. Let's seek out, uh, you know, different sources and then test it out in real life and see if this stuff actually works technologically, medically, socially, uh, financially. And, uh, you know, then from there, what's the next logical step? Well, you see how everything is put in play, you know, from the first place. And that's why these days we talk less about the Federal Reserve and everything, even though we see the whole thing imploding and a lot of people are going to really lose their shirts in the process. But, you know, the only place to go now, because it's already too late, because people didn't wake up enough to accept those truths, the only last place and the reason why we painted ourselves in a corner as a species is because it does leave us only one place to go. And that is to understand that we are pure consciousness. This is all our collective creation and we can change it at any time we want. Will people uh, succumb to this coronavirus? Yeah, we don't know 
how bad this bioweapon is, how far they're going to push it. Um, part of me wants to believe it's not as bad as what we think. Um, and that, you know, they're just using this as, as an excuse to, you know, blame a failing economy and all the things they put in motion themselves. Uh, you know, another part of me knows that they have some real nasty bioweapons. I haven't experienced one in the form of limes myself that can, you know, really harm you physically. But uh, either, you know, we don't know those things and, and we're just going to all have to wait and see. But in the meantime, we do know one thing, and it's the last thing I'll say, is that there's one last place to go, and that's to figure out that you're not a victim of anything, and we don't have to, you know, walk around with sandy wipes and, you know, <laughs> uh, board ourselves up into the house. And, and you know, that, there's a great video somebody put on our Telegram. I loved it the other day where that woman's out in public and she sneezed. <laughs> It was a spoof somebody did. did you see that one? Oh gosh, yeah, it was, uh, G Factor posted that. It, it was hilarious. Yes, yeah, it was funny. And uh, so they're at a bus stop or something and everyone's just sitting there reading the paper and you know, you know, maybe five, six people and this woman turns around and lets out a big sneeze and this one guy pulls out a gun and shoots her and everybody else pulls out these sprays and they're spraying her and so she's laying on the ground dead and then they all just pick up their papers and everything and start reading again. But you know, that's, that's, um, you know, it's crazy though. Know, very is apropos. that apropos, but that's also when I was still geeking out on the fear porn, coronavirus fear porn, I watched like an hour straight of just China of Wuhan video coverage. And some of it is probably fake, which we found, but the guy who sourced it is pretty legit. So it was a lot of like, and that's, they're like, you know, not to demean these people, they're going through hell and I have so much empathy for them. And I, man, I would just, to be honest, if I was one of those people that grew up in Wuhan, I would, I would already be way gone. I just know for me, I just couldn't, that's why I got the heck out of LA. It's like, I just couldn't live in a city like that to begin with. But um, it's very dehumanized behavior there and almost like Man, I don't want to say like insects or something, but the way that they're all behaving and I'm seeing a, one of the concurrent themes was a lot of men punching women. And um, it was shocking how, how human behavior can turn on a dime like that when fear overtakes things. And it was just, uh, it was like watching a really bad horror movie. And uh, I couldn't turn away though. It was so compelling because it was such an amazing... Um, or such a frightening um, uh, study on human behavior. And we don't know what's going on with that. And with, I mean, they're fumigating the city nonstop. And I heard through some reports that they were doing that all the way back in September. And, um, you know, we're seeing the spread of this thing through the fear matrix. And you know what's really interesting? What people were posting on Facebook last night around here was that you could, it was really clear last night, and you could see the new SpaceX uh, satellite um, project going over our town. I guess you could see it over uh, Europe last night, but you could see it from here. And they've launched that and they've got what hundreds of satellites together to bring internet to the world. Wow. So isn't that interesting? Corona, I mean, my clockwork starts going that uh, we're having this worldwide quote unquote pandemic right around the same time as they release this new technology that's yeah. beaming down these frequencies. So, you know, we're dealing with the polarity, the massive polarity concentrations here, where on one side we've got, I'm sorry, but I'm going to say idiot companies like Tesla and, and these morons that are developing this dirty technology with something like the Tesla vehicle, which 
your people, these, you know, people are driving around and thinking they're saving the world when really they're sitting on a, on top of a very damaging EMF array of frequencies um, while they're whizzing, buzzing around in their car. Um, and we know from like Justin Franson, who was a guest on this show with this EMF rocks company, and he works with, he's a, a, a really renowned um, trainer and uh, practitioner that works with professional athletes and they've seen it. They've seen the degradation of health in these athletes that in Orange County and LA that drive these Teslas. Um, they've seen the hard science show it. So anyways, you see this, you know, the conjunction of all this, all this moving forward with these digital dirty technologies and then how we're seeing it disrupt the natural flows of life. On the other spectrum, We've got stuff like 9010. We've got a reemergence of Rife technology. We've got stuff that you talk about, the dual impedance uh, antenna technology. I mean, there's so much on the underground that's bubbling to the top of real analog tech. And that's really where we're moving towards is analog tech that interfaces with consciousness. Um, you know, stuff that, were, that would really, that David was going to be on today to talk about with the copper scrolls and how they really, you know, how they were able to lift thousand ton blocks with their consciousness to create the pyramids and all that stuff. That's where we're going and that's where we need to go. And that's the future. So. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, what's well, too bad. David Lumber couldn't uh, be with us. We're all experiencing <clears throat> technological karma on both sides. Uh, we had a little bit ourselves. But uh, he was taken completely out of commission. But we'll have him back. And the reason why we have people like that on is, um, you know, I've, I've found in my experience that I've had to unlearn a tremendous amount and then go to other sources to find out the truth. And it seems like um, a lot of the best sources of truth are from uh, cultures that have kept the truth alive through oral traditions and haven't been bastardized by, you know, vested interest and that sort of thing. So... David is uh, David Lumber is a, a walking, uh, as he calls it, an archivist of, of history that has been passed on to him uh, generationally and from people all over the world. He's uh, had audiences with the Dalai Lama and just a lot of interesting stories. So we'll get him on here. And it's important that we just keep uh, networking with people like him and some of the great guests we've already had. We've got uh, a lot on, on the horizon that we'll, we'll, we'll uh, get in here, really. Uh, people known in, in different fields, uh, you know, their expertise and just uh, remarkable things they've achieved. And then we'll just sometimes uh, shoot the fat like we're doing here today. So I hope today was uh, somewhat interesting mike i'll let you decide if you want to put this up if there's something worthwhile for people to listen to but uh we'll be back next week where do we have the mushroom guy or what's yeah uh, we have uh is that levon 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 uh, levon Dur, and uh from fun gaia farms out of humboldt california and we were lucky enough to have him do a workshop up at alpha vedic uh gardens uh, last year. So God, yeah, a year ago. last year. And, um, it was wonderful about we, this time. Yeah. And we, uh, we had a packed house and people got to learn about the wonderful world of mycelium and is it fungi? Is that your fungi? Um, and, uh, we did a wonderful workshop where people got to w go home with plugged logs uh, of mushrooms 
and it was a great event and I learned a lot and you know he's a wonderful fountain of knowledge in terms of this intelligence because it really is an intelligence and uh, we're gonna once again it just connects with everything we talk about so that'll be fun and then we'll reschedule uh, David maybe hopefully for the week after that or something we'll figure it out I'll get in touch with them and then we'll just keep rocking and rolling if anything we hope we just you get a little inspiration out of this uh, chat today we know there's a lot of fear out there and it's very easy to get sucked up into it when it's all around us but hopefully you know with the guests that we have on um, we're really trying to open people's eyes to all the possibilities possibilities in this realm and really inspire you to go out yourself and explore it and that's really that should be the takeaway is that it's all up to us as individuals to first get and do the self-exploration and come to this awareness and then together as a obviously as a collective consciousness whole we create the new reality so it's kind of a, a dualism there in terms of the i the i am and then once the i am is better mastered we have better tools than to be us the collective which we all are the same consciousness collectively connected anyways just like those mushrooms <laughs> so as above so below man um hey so uh, anyways great chat today bear i think this could be a, this you guys tell me in the chat should this be an alpha cast because i think this has, was podcast worthy personally but let us know uh in the chat here if you think uh this was is worth putting out as an alpha cast and we will uh, thanks everyone on the chat today. If you're listening or watching and you want to be involved on the chat, you can join us on dlive.tv forward slash alpha Vedic every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. You can also join us on telegram t.me forward slash alpha Vedic. Go to alphavedic.com to get all the information, all the links to all of our different portals and et cetera. If you want to support us, you can buy our products, which, um, you know, Bear's been testing in, and developing for years and years and years with all this clinical work and we have amazing products on our on our website you can also join the co-op on patreon.com forward slash alpha vedic that's a great way to support us but if you look in the show notes you can see all the different ways to support us from the brave browser to uh joining us in on uh just you know joining our community really but uh if you do would like to support us financially you can come on to d live here and tip us you can go on to our patreon and join us there or buy our products and we really appreciate that thanks to everybody for joining us today um and uh we are getting word yes alpha cast post it please it was good lots of little gems yes 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 post it <laughs> so okay um hey thanks to all you guys you are you know this community is growing and you guys are just what we feed off of. I really enjoy you guys. I love all the interaction we have in Telegram. And it's really a special thing here. So um, appreciate you. Love you. And you guys have a great day. Cheers.